Good evening, universe. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm a little melancholy. <clears throat> it's 11.38 on Sunday night. The, uh, what day? 6th of August. Actually, it's 11.34. <clears throat> and I, uh, two hours ago, I was so filled with jubilant and tangential thought that I started compiling a list of things so I could try to remember as much of what was happening in my head then to record now as I could. But after filling up a page and realizing that's probably enough, uh, noticing the clock was getting toward 10 and that I still hadn't gone to the store to get cat litter, yada, yada. Went and spent the last $34. Well, we had $34.55. We now have $0.33. Cents. So we spent $34.22. And in doing so, I was able to get cat litter, cat food, dog food, uh, milk, butter, a couple other things. I mean, what's $34 by anymore? Nothing. Um, so... Uh, when I can't, got back home, I found that Phoebe has dragged herself out into the backyard and is just sitting in the corner of the yard, barfing. And I, she hasn't been able to hold food down for a while. I've seen her maybe hold one meal down in the last five days. And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I've thrown two rugs out. We've, uh, we've had every part of our body find its way to the barf machine that is Phoebe. But I just, if she's going to go die in the backyard, I don't know if I can lay next to her while she does it. I don't know if I should. So I check on her about every 15 minutes just to see if she's popping her head up at me. And so far she is, but she's not making any effort to get up. So... Not exactly the best mood in which to record a podcast, but having no real experience with death, I always feel so underdeveloped here, because I don't really believe in death, as it were. I don't believe that the energy that is your incidental manifestation in my universe, alongside my incidental manifestation in this universe, I don't believe that in any way is the all-encompassing story of what and who we are. I'm not pretending to tell you there are answers there that I'm holding back. No. I just... I just know that I'm most settled with the idea that a, we choose to come here. B, we're here for purpose. And C, the purpose is about us improving our character, as it were, in the face of adversity. And I don't think, I mean, just having a pet die, it's not a process I haven't been through before, but, or, nor one that's not imminent. It's been happening for four, 
almost five years that Phoebe's been dying. So I've emotionally walked this plank enough with her that I think both of us know that some of what's going to happen when she finally passes is relief that she has ended the encumbered existence that her end of life became. But she was, uh, she was a very robust and manic dog for the first seven years and then just physically crapped out in the last five and now can't even really get up without my help lifting her. So <clears throat> with that blah opening, I will say this. I do like the idea that it's not someone's loss that you are experiencing when they die. Rather, it's a moment in which to take their life as a celebration of who they were and make sure they're remembered by those who carry on the life interactions that all of us are in some way, weaving the tapestry of humanity together with. It just, again, I have no experience with death. No one in my family close to me has died. My parents are both alive. Most of their friends are alive. I mean, seriously, I have very little experience with death. Almost all of it with animals. So, it's easy for me to have a take that is, yeah, death should be a celebration. When I've had so little uh, actual accountability when it comes to the ritual that it is having somebody close to you pass. But with dogs, yeah. Phoebe will be, I don't even want to count, but the strange place this is going to put me, should I be right here? And who knows, maybe she'll be bucking like a Bronco next week, but... Crawling to the corner of the yard while I'm gone is not a good sign. And with the cat on the complete opposite part of the property, that's also not a good sign. But the weird thing this is going to leave me with is I'm going to be a cat owner without a dog. Oh. Oh. So, not that I'm hoping for any sort of uh, imminent activity with the cat... But how she could live another six or seven years, and I just don't know that my lifestyle is going to accommodate a dog anytime soon. Which means I could become a guy with a traveling cat. Oh, God. Oh, God. Ugh. I mean, I'll, I'll never murder that cat. I've, I mean, I've tried. I've, I've had murder in my mind with her more than once. I guess that would be what? Felonicide? Felonicide? Um, I think I heard something from the backyard. I gotta go check something. Pause. Hello, universe. Um, it's, it's, uh, what, what is it? It's 1045 on the 7th, Monday, the 7th of August, which puts us 13 days away from my mom's birthday and puts me, I think, four recordings behind on the 7th. I mean, I'm trying to set a record or something here, but... Ugh. Huh. 
the um the reality is I've been derelict in my recording duties mostly because I've been swamped with trying to figure out how the fuck I'm going to pay for things since I took four months off of working and drained myself to zero finances. Uh, things like my dog needing to be put down are uh, slightly untenable in my current circumstance unless it happens by the grace of, oh my God. But if uh, if that's if that's not uh, how it goes down, that means that me as the owner of <clears throat> said dog in whatever circumstance eight six seven five zero nine Earth calls me an owner. But my one companion, well, sorry, Kitty, but let's be honest. But my one companion, to whom I owe the dignity of proper. Uh, physical uh, reckoning. Let me put it this way. I thought last night was it. To the point that I went to the store. And with no money, this is not easy to do. But, and not that I stole it, but I had to, I had five bucks that I could spend on whatever meat I could afford to buy. And I had a coupon that allowed me to have a dollar twenty-five off any tube of meat. And I thought, well, that's gross. But secondly, I thought, we'll give her what she deserves, which is her favorite meal, ground beef. Pause. Um, I don't want to cry through this whole conversation. And what's weird is I know I'm emotionally torn up about this but in front of her I always feel like I'm putting out a really strong face. It feels so phony. But every day I make sure I find some time where we just have our old relationship. Even if she can't move. <sighs> but the truth is, I'll be devastated when I lose her. <sighs> Sorry, Kitty. But you're not the same. Anyway, so I thought we were at that point. Because, frankly, it was the look in her eyes. It just... and. She had been outside at one point, and uh, and she was, she was like seeing ghosts is all I can describe it as. And it felt like to me, uh, clearly we were. She was indicating that <clears throat> that today could be the day. So I go to get the ground beef, and at this point in the evening, she's laying in the sort of center of the bathroom, bedroom, second room, hall area where she can see most of the house. So I leave her there to run to the store, come back 20 minutes later, and she's dragged herself outside into the furthest part of the yard. And I think, okay, well, this is clearly it. Like Dogs don't 
individually go hide themselves unless they're ready to die. And, uh, so my greatest concern is she'll die before I can cook this ground beef. So anyway, I feed her uh, half of what I cook, hoping the other half, if she has any desire to, uh, to stay alive, will pull her toward the house. And, uh, and it doesn't. So I keep going out there every 15 minutes or so to check on her. And bringing her more of the ground beef. Until I've given her a quarter of what's left. And I go out to check on her the next time. And now it's well after midnight. Probably one in the morning. And she has dragged herself to the stairs. And when I say dragged herself. She has so much trouble walking where the tumor in her front leg is. And the one in her back right leg. They it's like having the worst possible wobble that if she meets anything like a, even an extension cord can trip her. So she gets up, then she walks as far as she can until she trips. And then she basically falls. She's always waiting to trip. So she's prepared to kind of plump down, but that's what happens. Then she stays there until she has the energy to move again. And I found her on the stairs in the clump position, meaning she tried to, get up the stairs and stumbled and couldn't get up from there. So I pick her up and she now weighs well over a hundred pounds. She's a big animal, but I mean, because she's got literally basketball sized tumors and her, uh, trust of me has always been a hundred percent more than any other dog. Frankly, more than a dog should. She lets me walk over her. I have never actually hurt her but I could have stepped on her, kicked her, or done a hundred things to her because she's just so willing to allow me to walk around her. She puts herself in the middle of the kitchen while people are cooking Thanksgiving and never moves. And it frustrates the hell out of my mom. And it should. Like, all dogs should be a little bit aware that humans are stumble creatures that can fall at any time and you're sitting right in the middle of all of them. I don't know. That's how she's been. So she lets me pick her up without... A concern from the stairs and I'm holding her trying to go up these stairs and into the house with her which is way more lifting of her than I've ever done before and it's like I don't know how to put it but it's another moment where I realize just how strong I am and confident I am that I mean it's like there was no question that if she could show me she needed help enough for me that I could provide and I'd be there for her. But I think that's probably the last time, you know. There's only so much of this she could put up with. And I'm not going to force her to stick around to appease the one moment a day we have together if the rest of the moments are literally her dragging herself through the universe. Just so she can be near me. So when I got in last night, well, I slept next to her, thinking maybe that'd be the end. But at some point she woke me up because she got up to drink out of the toilet. And she drank so much I made her stop. 
I didn't want her to throw it all back up. I was glad she was getting water. But, God, it's such a hard decision, especially if you live alone, to make. Uh, so I'm more putting time frame on it. Like, I know next Sunday I have the help if I need to get her into a car and take her down there. So, in many ways, I don't know what else to do. If I don't hold myself accountable to her on Sunday, if her week deteriorates from here to Sunday, I have to be honest with myself. And Friday's her birthday. She turns 12 on Friday. <sighs> I've always made her a steak dinner on her birthday. I always buy it the day before, so she kind of knows it's in the fridge. <laughs> and when I brought the ground beef home last night, she couldn't even smell it. She smelled it when it cooked up, though, so maybe. Something about that tube meat, man. If I was eating meat, I would not eat that. I know that. Came out of there all weird. I don't know. That must be the worst possible part of the cow that's in that tube. God, I hate the idea that that's how we treat animals. Like, product to be processed into food bits that we don't even need. But that's my opinion. Nobody else's. Alright. I'm sorry I didn't mean to cry for ten minutes about my dog. That's for damn sure. Or maybe I did. I don't know where else I can release these emotions. And I know they're there. And I... I find it oddly unsettling almost that they're not there in front of her because I don't hide my emotions from anything. But really, they're not there in front of her. In front of her, I have a different countenance. I per it must be how, how parents can be so strong for their kids. And I, I mean, no, I don't mean to try to usurp any kind of sensibility about parenting. I have no idea. The only parenting I've ever done is the panic of somebody telling me, yeah, I'm pregnant. Okay, well, uh, I will not get into that story either. But the point is, I am so hyperly aware of my emotional state that to realize that the only thing I'm putting up in front of her is courage, it's weird. I've never, I've never had that kind of presence, ever. I know these things because I realize how new the version of me is standing in the position taking uh, exactly the strength necessary to ensure that there's no overreaction, panic, or anything else coming because the situation's as handled as it can be. To feel that coming up from within you? Ah, I've always had at least 1% fucking panic in the moment. I can't imagine that in any real unexpected circumstance, anybody else reacts with less than that ever. But for whatever reason, for the first time, this experience with her has made me feel things that are unique. Uniquely connective, uniquely... 
balanced, uniquely positioned, and it, it feels like I'm being pushed towards something. Like I can't explain it, but it's it's inevitably it's it's like you know you're going to have a sequence of events in which you won't even necessarily be the catalyst, but you'll be there for the opportunity. The event will create some sort of transitional, momentary opportunity to do something. And if you do it right, you're going to move in a position that's going to push you even further that way. And if you continue doing this, you're going to be in a completely different zone of reality here in a year. And I don't know what all that means, but I can... Oh, it's like it's in your blood. It's like what you can... If you think through what is your most basic thought dream right now. Like, where are you? What are you doing? It's like in mine, I'm always succeeding. I'm doing something and moving forward successfully. It's weird. I've never had dreams that were inspirational. Well, that's not true. I've never had dreams that felt like they were grounding me for a better reality. Like, uh, I can't put any of this into words. Too much of my dog emotion running through me. But, uh, I'll tell you where, where uh, emotion is not running through me. Well, fuck, man. Home Depot's gotten worse. Lots worse in the four months I've been gone. The, the level of, of damage people incur there as employees. I, I'm so fucking fascinated by it. And also, uh, what? Repulsed? Wretched? Discombobulated? Well, actually, I'm not, though. It's like I know what I should do is tell all these people to quit their fucking job. Their life would be, improve instantly. Don't worry about the money stress. Believe it or not, everyone's got that and it's only getting worse. Quit your fucking job. Go find something else to do. If you're being disrespected at the level that that store is disrespecting people. And you know, the primary reason I say this is simple. There aren't enough people working to do the job necessary for the store to run at the level that any normal part of the team would want it to. There aren't enough workers. It's that simple. And it's not getting better, it's getting worse. And because it's so stressful, people are having hard times with things like showing up for work on time or whatever because the job is awful right now. So anything in your day that tears you, I don't want to go to work, is going to be reinforced because going to work is going to make everything worse. I can't believe I've lucked into the only thing I could be doing there that wouldn't have me already have quit. And that's not going to get any better. And frankly, the 25 hours I'm getting right now are so perfect, I don't know if I'll ever give them up. 
except to leave the state. I, I have exactly what I want to complement going to stand-up comedy school, which is what I consider it. I am a student of a completely new discipline, one that is desperately needed in this world. There is no antidote to the troubles coming, but there is one salve, and that's comedy, laughter, a moment of pure forgetting what we've let reality become and enjoying the exact second that you're living in this moment. So to do that though, you got to have a fucking part-time job, at least if there's no scholarships involved, (laughs) which I, uh, yeah, I don't show the kind of talent at 54 for comedy that makes people like comedy central start to just fund my, Endeavor online, my reality show? No. No, 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 no. So instead, I have to at least have enough money in the bank that if I have to put my dog down and the 400 fucking dollars it costs to do that, then I got to be prepared for that expense immediately. And let's be honest, part of why I don't uh, uh, feel good in this situation is my responsibility as a dog owner to her right now can't be fulfilled without fucking finding emergency funds. That's not a position a dog owner should ever be in, and I'm in it, and that makes me a terrible dog owner. So when I look at myself for flaws and 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 uh and areas that could be improved, well frankly, fucking money management and I I I've, that's the one F in life I get. My money management has been nothing but failure. So if I want something at 54 going forward to actually fucking improve my life, getting this problematic sense of, well, money doesn't even exist. Okay, fine, philosopher. But you know what does exist? A reality that you live in with money. That, unfortunately, creates a whole lot of money exists moments. And it's time for me to quit being so neglectful. Especially in regards to the one companion that's truly shown me that it's okay to be me. So, I owe her everything. Well, uh, geez, did I just do a reference to Lily subconsciously? Fucking A, I might have. Oh, God. I am having a weird fucking August. I don't know if anybody else is. But my fucking August has been one uh, awful game of Adam's Family Pinball. You know, you ever play that pinball machine? Even if you're good at it, once in a while you just have a game where you're just like, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I can't think of a single other pimp. Oh, uh, yeah, I can think of one twilight zone. Twilight zone can do the same fucking thing. My point is, that I don't know if I have a point. <laughs> I must've, what, what the fuck am I talking about the pinball for? Um, going to school. Okay. Part-time job. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm not really sure where I was. Should I go find my list? Maybe now's the time. Hey, you know, I have to put out like five of these in a row. And today, I actually work tonight at, at 9 o'clock. Uh, so, that said, I got to do at least another one of these, if not two of these, 
before going to work. And then tomorrow will already be tomorrow by the time I get home from work. So I'm already behind. Ugh. So maybe I should just stop this one right here. Hey, how about I pick one thing off the list, though? Let's start the list. Because then, well, once I've started a list, usually I don't forget that at least I had started it. Okay, I thought it was right there. It's not. So no. Is it in here? No. All right, I don't know where I put my list. I'll go find it. I won't make you suffer this part. Pause. All right, maybe I should end with this. Uh, although I never want to put this at the end because I definitely don't think anybody ever listens to the end of one of these. So if you've gotten this far, well, the only one who could have gotten this far has been assigned by the CIA to listen to me in case what I'm saying is right. I mean, they have to at least have ears on everything. And if you're listening, Mr. CIA case officer, well, I'll at least tell you. The reason that I'm doing this is because mostly... I was harassed in my dreams to start doing this. And uh, and once I started doing this, those dreams stopped. So while I've taken some significant breaks, especially last year, over the course of weeks, but this year mostly, uh, I've tried to stay on target with daily recordings, or at least that's the goal, because really all it is is me filtering out the... Uh, reality I was fed versus the reality that exists. And this point of cognitive dissonance isn't something that I had understood how severe I was suffering until some blatant truths slapped me upside the head. And they even slapped me upside the head in my dreams before they slapped me upside the head in reality. And as these started to connect, as I started to realize how much, I don't know how else to put this, so I call it wisdom, I was gaining through connecting my dream reality and this reality, I couldn't ignore it anymore. It was bizarrely useful, if not meaningful and purposeful. I mean, things like this started to occur in my waking reality because they had been emphasized or, in other ways, reinforced from within my dream reality. And I've always had dream deja vu, which is where you dream something and then your reality fucking serves it up. I've had that since I was a kid. And it's always spooked me to the core. I've never liked it. But when it happens, it's, it's never something truly meaningful, it's pedestrian. You know, you're, you you re-sequence a, a, a period of time when you walk through a, a shopping mall and 10 seconds of it are already things you've dreamt. But just because you see kids on a playground and a clearance sign in a window for a store that's closing and all of this is already something you've dreamt and then it's gone, what does that even mean? Well, today I would say it means that your dream reality is actually very viable. It doesn't matter which one feels more viable. I think we're being tricked into believing this is more viable. But your dream reality is you living through a whole other channel point into yourself. Now, what does this 
actually mean? I do not know. That your brain's bigger than the one that's housed inside the skull that you're currently wearing on your head? That your existence goes through space and time in a continuous frame that time uh, in this reality limits and retards? It could be. I don't, I don't understand how it is that the warping sense of dreams is the sense that feels unreal. Whereas this, in the continual progression of time linearly forward, feels um, hyper-real. Because I know that's not the case. The hyper-reality isn't this one. This reality exists, though, in a way that does not make any of this other stuff matter. It doesn't... It, it, <laughs> we're st- if you want to look at it this way, we're stuck here with what we've chosen... And what we've chosen is something phenomenal. We've just allowed it to deteriorate into a state of existence where it feels almost uh, as if we've been sentenced to suffer. Because we enable suffering. Therefore, suffering has to persist. And therefore, suffering will continue to permeate a world filled with the opportunity to allow suffering to exist. But you eradicate suffering by creating a world in which there is no suffering. And once it's gone, it's no longer even a concept that can come through. And so maybe that's what the whole fucking vaccine part of the simulation is about. So that we see that you do things like eradicate suffering by making sure nobody suffers. They tell us the only way we can be safe from some supposed unproven, unisolated disease is to all take a shot filled with unknown materials so that we can all have the same shot (laughs) and thus none of us will get this supposed disease it counteracts. Okay, how about if we just apply that same concept to ending suffering? Fuck the shot. If you're in a bad circumstance, why? Let's fix it. Move on to the next person. Until we're done. Why isn't that what we're doing with our resources? Because that would end all suffering. And then we'd go back to the Hakuna Matata society we used to be. You know all those, like, uh, relief sculptures of dancing topless women or partying uh, uh, dog-headed men, whatever. They're just... <laughs> used to be a time on this planet where anything that could make you feel fulfilled or enlightened was possible. All of it. It was the only thing that was expected. Was that you would come here to experience the most enlightening fulfillment of existence known. And then it all got fucked up. <laughs> uh, but it's it's nowhere near uh, unrecoverable. In fact, it's suppressed in real time to keep it from manifesting. All we have to do is decide that we want a world without suffering, and we will make it so. But, 
one person at a time you try to tell people this shit. I don't even try to tell people this shit. Like, you should figure this out. Like, this is so basic. And yet, hmm, maybe that's what I should talk about next. People who refuse to believe in themselves. They just won't do it. They will not love themselves because they're convinced that they're unworthy. And they don't even know it. (sighs) How can you feel about yourself that you're not worthy of your own self-love? How does that happen? It happened to me. So maybe that's what we should explore next? I don't know. I gotta go get something to eat. You guys, uh, if you're listening to this, CIA agent numbers 1, 2, and 3. Well, talk about somebody who should quit their job. It's you guys.